0: church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's In sermon. Your hands, you hold the
1: universe. I want to uh, spend a few minutes this morning uh, to open up uh, my heart and to share with you something that's been happening with me recently, and uh, I hope this morning that you will be able to gain some wisdom and some uh, understanding from the Word of God via something that uh, I've been going through personally. And so in the Scripture we're about to read, the Apostle Paul is instructing God's people how to act and how to think. When you go through times of heartbreak, tragedy, disappointment. So can I see a show of hands this morning? How many of you have experienced heartbreak, tragedy, or disappointment in your life? If your hand is not in the air, uh, just wait. (laughs) Because one thing about life is that you are going to go through heartbreak, tragedy, Or disappointment. And uh, I happened to go through a certain heartbreak, tragedy, or disappointment uh, nine days ago. But who's counting? And so I want to preach a message this morning that is titled, When You Get a Bad Haircut. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. And the Word of God says this, Be angry and do not sin. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So, let's pray. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your wisdom, Lord, and how to handle the difficulties of life. And I'm asking this morning that you would bless your people, give us strength, God, to live for you and to do what is right. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Again, when you get a bad haircut, my subtitle is How to Handle Offense. Because the truth is, that we all tend from time to time to get a bad haircut. (laughs) And when I talk about my bad haircut that I got nine days ago, what I want you to hear is how to handle things when you get hurt, when you get upset. Because I think uh, I've been going through, you know, every time I have gone to comb my hair in the past nine days, I've been going through all seven of the stages of grief like every single day. I go through uh, amazement, I go through grief, I go through depression, I go through anxiety, I go through, and then I have to accept it and uh, start the day again and hope nobody notices. But I want to begin by, by reminding you that sometimes bad haircuts happen. They just happen from time to time. Sometimes you, uh, it just happens. Life happens to us all. Sometimes a hurricane blows through and floods your house out, Right? Sometimes, uh, sometimes a, a, a hole develops in your roof and the water starts coming in. And, you know, bad things are going to happen in this life. Jesus confirmed this. Luke 17, verse 1, he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. You know, some people live this life as if no offenses are ever going to happen to them. Can I tell you, you, if you live life expecting no offense to come, you are setting yourself up for huge disappointment. If you think you're going to get through this life without being offended, without getting hit, without getting a bad haircut from time to time, you're lying to yourself and you're setting yourself up for great problems. All disappointment is a result of improper expectations. Just uh, on Friday, a couple days ago, I was at my job, and uh, I had set up a computer for a guy. I went to his house and hooked up all the cables and installed all of his programs and got his email working and did all these things. And And, uh, and so uh, I went back to the shop, and immediately we got a phone call from him. Uh-oh, problem, right? Which often happens. And so he says, well, you uh, you forgot to get my contacts into my email program. So there was some reasons for that, it's complex, but at the end of the day, this guy got all upset and angry at me because I wasn't going to drive immediately back out to his house and fix his email contacts. That's not something that we can do. Right? We can't just drive all over town at the drop of a hat. And this guy was literally expecting us to drive back out and help him with this problem. We had other ways to handle that. We can log in remotely. We can talk him through it on the phone. But we're not going to drive back out to his house. But his expectation was improperly set. And so I had to spend about 30 minutes on the phone with this guy, telling him, I'm very sorry, sir. I cannot come back out to your house. I can give you this option, that option. We can take care of it this way or that way. But I'm not going to drive. And this made him so upset. He started cursing. He started calling us bad. You set me up for failure. You are ripping people off. Well, the end of the story is that finally he calmed down and we were able to help him. But I mention that because here's a guy who had high expectations that were impossible to meet. Do you suppose that sometimes the reason that you get upset in life is because your expectations were too high? Is it possible that you get all worked up and bent out of shape simply because, like this guy, you were expecting something that wasn't really going to happen? Some people enter into a marriage like that thinking, oh, this person is just going to be everything to me and solve all my problems. This is going to be wonderful. Oh, how I many you know after wedding day passes, after the honeymoon is over? And you realize that this guy or this girl doesn't meet every need of my life. Or you say to yourself, oh, if only I could have a baby. Or if only I could you know, have some children. And then the children come and you think about those days when you were single and all alone. You, oh, if only I could be single again. No children. The idea is that all of our disappointments are really just a result of improper expectations. The author of our scripture is the Apostle Paul. And one of the things I love about the Bible is that it does not hide from us the difficulties of its heroes. And this scripture was written, when he says, be angry and do not sin, I want to tell you, there are very few people in the scripture who had greater reasons to be upset about life, to be upset even at God about the bad things that have happened in his life, he kind of gives us a laundry list of things that he had been through in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In verse 25, listen to this list, and I just want you to compare this to your life and tell me if you think you have suffered more or less than the Apostle Paul. Are you ready for this? He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Have you ever been beaten with rods? I hope not. Once I was stoned. And we're not talking about marijuana. When he says uh, three times, uh, or once I was stoned, it means literally that people began to throw stones at him intending to kill him. Three times I was shipwrecked. Have you ever been shipwrecked? I don't think so. A night and a day I have been in the deep. You know what that means? A night and a day I've been in the deep. It means for at least 24 hours straight, he was swimming to try to save his life. He was out in the ocean. Have you ever had to go through that? I haven't. I've been in journeys often, in perils of water. Perils, by the way, is another word for danger. I've been in danger of robbers, danger of my own countrymen, danger of the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness danger in the sea, danger among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Where do I sign up, pastor? Can I be part of that life? Do you suppose that Paul had been through a few things? Do you suppose this morning that Paul has been through worse things than you have been through and that I have been through? Now, I'm up here complaining about a bad haircut I got nine days ago. Well, here's the Apostle Paul telling us, you know, things can get bad for people. Can I tell you that no matter what it is, no matter whatever heartbreak, disappointment, or tragedy that you've experienced, there is always somebody who's got it worse than you. There is always a believer in Pakistan or North Korea who is literally starving to death because of their faith. So no matter where you are, what you're going through, uh, that can help us to be more thankful, to lower our expectations. You know, you didn't have to be born in America, the richest and most prosperous country and the most Christian country on the earth. You didn't have to have that. You didn't have to wake up in your bed this morning. You could have woken up in a hospital bed, right, Chris? You could have woken up with people poking you in your arms today. You didn't have to be here. I'm just saying that because oftentimes what happens is we need to have our expectations reset a little bit. We need to retool our expectations in life. Because we're used to comfort, because we're used to getting things the way we want, and all of a sudden, when we don't, we get a funky little attitude, don't we? When the Apostle Paul went through difficult things, and I want to tell you, yes, he went through difficult things that the world threw at him, but there was also one thing the Apostle Paul told us about where he describes what he calls a thorn in his flesh. Did you ever read that scripture? He said, one time I had this thorn in my flesh. We don't know exactly what it is, but it was some kind of physical ailment. He was sick in his body or injured, perhaps. And the Bible says that the Apostle Paul prayed to the Lord three times. He said, Lord, this is killing me. This is hurting me. I've got pain as a result of this. He said, I prayed to God. God, I know you can heal me. I know, Jesus, that you are a healer. And you know what three times God said to him? He said, no, I'm not going to heal you, Paul. Oh, man, what kind of scripture is that? What did he say? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so Paul had to keep on living with the thorn in his flesh. And even though God says, I'm not going to heal you, at least not now. How do you handle that? When you expected God to answer your prayer, when you had faith and you had confidence and you went to the prayer room and you said, God, thou shalt heal me of all my infirmities. And then he doesn't do everything you commanded him to. How do you handle that? I don't know about you. Sometimes we can get a little kinked attitude about those things, can't we? Sometimes, the bad haircuts of life can cause us to to get off track. So let me tell you a little more about this story. The anatomy of a bad haircut. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had a bad... I know some people, I kind of envy the guys who shave your heads all the time, you know, because you don't have to really worry about it. (laughs) But I've had a few bad haircuts. This is probably one of the top of the bad haircuts that I've had. And it was, man, I knew the moment she did that first cut, she went, (laughs) I said, oh, man, she's going to jack this up. (laughs) And I'm not going to tell you who it was, all right? But one of the things about a bad haircut is that it's very personal. Right? I mean, this is my appearance we're talking about. I'm already fighting against the grain, you know? I'm already going against the tide because the rest of my body is just decomposing as every day goes by. I gotta have at least one part of me that kind of looks halfway decent, you know? It's very personal to me. So for someone to jack up my haircut, this is gonna affect how I appear in front of every person that I talk to. And I can tell, man, people are, when I'm talking to them, they're not looking at me directly. They're kind of looking right above me. And they're thinking, what happened to you? I know, it's a bad haircut. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, man? When, sometimes when stuff hits you, you realize this is going to affect my day-to-day life. Somebody hurts you. Somebody separates themselves from you you know, things that we go through and we realize, oh, this is not just me. We're talking, this is everything that I'm going to experience. When I go to work, now it's going to affect the people around me. It's going to affect my children. Sometimes a personal attack, it's not just that it hurts you on day one, but it's going to hurt you on day two and three and four, and it's going to affect your life going forward, right? Sometimes we go through things and you know, I'm using my bad haircut as an example, but sometimes we go through things that are truly going to affect us. We're going to see consequences of these problems and these disappointments for years to come. It's embarrassing. You know, after, after my bad haircut, I put a hat on my head, and I wore it for 24 hours straight, hoping you know, that when I take the hat off, it would be different somehow. But you know what, I just had to deal with it. Sometimes we think that we go through something, hopefully we can, just, we can just pretend it didn't happen. As I mentioned, I love the Bible because the Bible doesn't hide the bad haircuts of its heroes. It shows us exactly what people went through. It shows us that Abraham, for example, the father of our faith, he had a problem with not being honest. He had a problem with representing himself in a way that was not factually accurate. He had a problem. You know, he, uh, when he didn't see the promise coming to pass, and the Bible says that uh, his wife Sarah had this great idea to, to give it, her handmaid into her and Hagar, and now they have a child with Hagar. Can I tell you, that was a bad move. Child of Hagar, it's Ishmael. It's a son that was born That was outside of God's plan. And the the Ishmaelites became a thorn in the flesh of God's people for generations, even to this day. The Arab culture is descendants of Ishmael. See, that bad haircut, you think it was just a bad mistake one day off. But generations, thousands of years later, still having an effect in the world. Can you say amen? It's easy to get angry. Maybe angry at yourself, angry at God, angry at others, angry at the person who hurts you. It's easy in these moments to allow yourself to get depressed. Say, well, maybe I guess I deserve it second-class citizen, I suppose, God. It's easy to feel helpless. What can I do? To feel regret. Why did I go to that place? To question yourself. And I want to tell you, when you go through these experiences of offense, it certainly does the same thing to your personality. Do you know what attitude is? That great um, prophetic film, called Facing the Giants. You remember that one, right? Oh, we got to show that one again. That is a holy ghost movie. But he said, the football coach, he told his football players, he said, attitude is the aroma of your heart. The aroma of your heart. A good attitude is highly attractive. People will be interested in what you have to say. But a bad attitude, repulsive everyone around you how's your attitude this morning because often when you go through an offense when you go through difficulty it can cause the aroma of your heart to begin to sour and stink and if you notice this morning that people are repulsed by the things that you say could it be that it's because a bad attitude is leaking out A bad attitude so let me give you some wisdom about bad haircuts. Number one, don't overreact to a bad haircut. Some of the people that are around me, <laughs> I, 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 I almost, almost did it. I almost went full buzz cut, man. I almost did it. But trust me, you don't want to see that. Pastor Mental Patient is going to preach another service tonight. I almost overreacted. I was that close. You know, sometimes when you go through something, you tend to overreact. Can I, can I just remind you that some of the worst decisions that you've made in your life were overreactions to somebody else attacking you? Some of the worst words that you've ever spoken are when somebody hit you and you just hit back. Some of the most ungodly and unchristian things you've ever done were simply that. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll show you. And we cause even greater harm. The offense pulls the worst out of us. It pulls the nastiness. It pulls the flesh and we begin to strike out in vengeance, we begin, I, I could have, you know, I thought about it. I could have gone on the, on, on, online on the Google Review. Oh, yeah, watch this. One star, click. I could have been nasty. I could have went on their Facebook page. I thought about it for a long time. You know on Facebook how you spend 20 minutes crafting the perfect response to your uncle who's a liberal on the left coast? I've done it before, man. And, and then the Holy Spirit checks you right as you're about to hit send. You're like, ha, ah, should I throw this bomb? It's an overreaction. As I began to think about my bad haircut a little more, began to process, man. It's a process. And I was process and then I thought about it and I said, you know, maybe, maybe there's a part of this that is my fault. Because I can I can rem- remember, because I normally I go to only one or two people to get my hair cut. And you know when you go to the same guy or the same person for a while, they, they know what you like and so you know, I, I went to this new person, and I just said the same thing to her that I would normally say to the, the guy right over here, uh, right right down in the uh, the barber shop right here. And I said, yeah, you know, I just I want to get it, I want to get it nice and tight right here on the sides, and then just a little trim on the top. That's the same thing I said to, to my guy over here. But you know, when I said that, I didn't explain what I wanted. I didn't explain. So when when she's When I said, I want to get a number one right here on the side, what I was thinking was, okay, she's going to taper it up like I normally get and just do a little trim on the top, no big deal. But what she heard was, (laughs) (laughs) all the way (laughs) up. And I thought to myself, you know, it's not all her fault. I probably could have explained a little more. I probably could have said, you know, be careful that you don't act like a lawnmower on the side of my head. It's often true with the disappointments in our life, too, right? Often, you know, sometimes, yes, there are things that happen to us that truly we didn't have a part. But many times the things that you go through partially can be your fault. They can be a result of something you said or improper expectation. You, you know, you said or you did something thinking it would turn out one way, but it just didn't turn out the way you thought. And often what we do is we like to build our case, right? We like to say, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you what I, all the wonderful, perfect things that I did. And that's what we do, right? We, we defend ourselves. Sometimes, if you think about it, we don't put all the blame on another party for the offense. It would be helpful and it would be healthy for you and me to realize that, yeah, maybe I did play a small part. So let me give you some good news this morning haircuts can be healed. And so also can offenses. Now, I've had nine days of difficulty. (laughs) Nine days of going through the grief process in my own mind. But you know, really, in the grand scheme of things, what's the big deal? And by the way, in a couple of weeks, who's going to notice anyway? Right? The same is true about our offenses. Yes, there are consequences. Yes, we might have to play things out. I want to tell you, with the things that we go through, God is using it. God is making a plan through it. And even my bad haircut, I couldn't realize it at the time. But is it possible that God could use that as a way to encourage you? Maybe that's the only reason that God wanted me to go to this place, to a girl that I had never talked to before. Maybe just to encourage somebody here this morning. And now we could say, man, thank you, God. I got a new perspective now. Maybe this bad haircut actually had a purpose. To realize that the things that we're going through are not just about you. It's not just about your life. It's about maybe God wants to encourage somebody else. Don't get stuck in the trap this morning. The trap of unforgiveness. I mention it today because it is such a trap. It is a, it is a black hole that so many people get sucked into. The black hole of bitterness and anger and continuing to be stuck in a place of pain in your past. Unforgiveness can, can begin to suck you in. This is what our scripture deals with this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, be angry. You know, I'm really glad the Bible said that. Be angry. It's okay to get angry about something in life. But don't forget to continue reading here. Be angry and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. There are truly some things in life to get upset about. If you have experienced injustice, if you've been abused, yes, there is a place to be angry about that. There is a place to demand justice. Yes, there is. But in your anger, we cannot allow anger to cause us to sin. Be angry, yes. There were times Jesus got angry. There were times that Jesus, he braided a whip of cords and turned over the money tables, right? got ticked off and it was for a good reason but even in his anger he did not sin i want to encourage you this morning this this chapter this book this scripture in ephesians chapter 4 is so instructive for how to handle your bad haircut it's okay to be angry about things that have happened to you about things that you've gone through but don't let it cause you to sin And here's some very, very practical advice. Aren't you glad the Bible is a practical book? It says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know what that means? Don't fall asleep while you're still ticked off. You know what would be better for you? Because the reason is, if you go to sleep and you're still ticked off, you know what's going to happen when you wake up the next day? You're still going to be worse. It's going to carry over to the next day. And it's going to begin to cause even greater problems. You know what would be better? If you find yourself laying on the pillow, staring at the ceiling, thinking about how upset you are, you know what would be better to do? Go fall asleep. Get out of bed and get on your knees. And begin to pray. Pray for what? Pray for, thank you, peanut Gallery. Pray. Who do you pray for when you're angry? Do you pray for yourself? Pray for the person who gave you the bad haircut. Oh, Lord. She didn't know what she was doing. She didn't understand me, what I said when I said number one. She didn't mean to give me a bad haircut. I'm sure she's a very talented stylist. She treated me nicely. She was courteous. Lord, I just pray that you'd bless her. I just pray, Lord, that that next time I go in there, that you would just help me to be a blessing to her. Boy, you know, if you would pray for the person who jacked up your haircut, or who offended you, or disappointed you, you could go to sleep and wake up the next day, and you could just let it all go. Wouldn't that be amazing? I read a story. I read a story, and it's here somewhere. There it is. 1996, October 10th, in the New York Times, 19-year-old Grant Williams of 30, 365 East 183rd Street in the Bronx. The victim was found at 1.30 p.m. on October 9th, By a neighbor lying in a pool of blood, he had a snake coiled around his torso in the hallway of his apartment building. He was pronounced dead at the medical center. An ambulance crew removed the snake from the victim, and it was taken to the Bronx Zoo. The man had purchased a 13-foot-long Burmese python, which may had have have mistaken him for food. According to the report, Williams and his 17-year-old brother purchased the snake at a local pet store known as Pet City about five months earlier for $300. <laughs> Is that a possibility, Mr. Alonzo? <laughs> Listen. When you allow unforgiveness in your heart, you are inviting a 17-foot python, into your soul. When you allow bitterness and resentment, when you allow yourself to go to bed and you're still angry, the python gets closer to you. And bitterness, I want to tell you, is the only thing that you are so angry at someone else, but the only person that's hurting is you. it's the only poison that you're wishing on somebody else, but it's making you sick. And you can stew and you can be upset and you can have a funky attitude, but that other person who hurt you doesn't really care anyway. It's not going to affect them. But it'll poison your soul. The good thing about a bad haircut and about an offense in life is that you can heal. Hair grows, and time does have healing effect in your heart. I want to tell you that the grieving process and processing pain, and it really is a process this morning. I can't tell you that you can come to an altar and be delivered in a moment of time. Some people are. Praise God for that. Sometimes, more often than not, You can't put hair back on your head. It just has to grow. Sometimes, beloved, you're going to be healed from your disappointment, from your failure, from your tragedy. It's going to take some personal growth, some spiritual growth, some maturity of heart, some working the details out with God. Sometimes this is going to require that you ask for forgiveness Sometimes this requires the Matthew 18 principle to go to that brother who's offended you and tell him of his wrong. And if he hears you, then you've won your brother back. Sometimes it requires greater intervention. Sometimes the brother who offended you didn't know. Didn't know. You just got offended because your expectations were so high, and you can go to that person. Sometimes I've offended people and I didn't even know it. They come to me weeks later and they've been angry for, uh, for two months, and they come to me and say, Pastor, I was so angry at you for two months. I said, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry. Would you forgive me? Yeah. But that was two difficult months for you to go through, man. wish you would just come to me and tell me what I did. Sometimes it requires a greater intervention. Sometimes some brothers that you trust. Sometimes the church has to get involved. But the point of all of this is that there is a way to be free. And there is hope at the end of the day. God is working out the details. Can you say amen? Ultimately, this gospel is about freedom. This gospel is about freedom. This is how the scripture that we read closes. Listen in verse 31, Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So Paul tells us to put these things away, to let those things melt away from our lives and in its place, to add something beautiful. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. Now this is, where, this is where you'll find freedom tonight or this morning. If we recognize this morning that God has forgiven us of all of our mess, God has forgiven you of all of your rebellion and sin against Him, God has forgiven the debt that you owed to Him, then who do you think you are to hold on to the sins of somebody else Jesus told us he said even as you forgive others so I will also forgive you is it possible that your anger your bitterness is withholding the blessing of God on your life it is possible and I have watched people shrivel up spiritually like a grape and become a shell of what they used to be spiritually because of some stupid thing that some stupid person did 30 years ago. I want to tell you. I I, I know a man. Something that happened 20 years ago to him, he, he got a bad haircut. That was a little worse than that. But every time that situation comes up, do you know what happens to him? I see his blood pressure rise. Right? See it. Don't let that be you today. What? It does, doesn't help you. It only hurts us. I want to challenge you. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we consider how to handle.
0: We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.